Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is August the 13th, 2015, and we have a lot of pool going on right now in the world, that's for sure. You know, this past week, the uh, BCA Pool League and the USA Pool League uh, had their nationals, along with the uh, U.S. Open 8-ball and 10-ball. Uh, this week, the APA just kicked off their nationals in Vegas as well. So uh, Vegas is just overrun with pool uh, <laughs> right about now. And, uh, oh yeah, there's more. Tonight, as we speak, the uh, Smokin' Aces 8-ball is going to be you know, kicking off down there in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. And there's going to be, you know, 16 or so of some seriously awesome players going on after the money. $2,000 entry. Yeah, so get that. Get that uh, on your list. PoolActionTV.com if you want to check into that. It's a pay-per-view going on now through Saturday. Uh, you know, that's going to be some excellent pool. Um, also, kicking off today is uh, the Party per- uh, party Poker World Pool Masters, 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 over in Manchester. That's going to be some seriously good pool as well. Some of the world's best battling it out for the title. And, uh, of course, can't forget Turning Stone, the Turning Stone Classic, number 24, is right around the corner coming up next week on the 20th. So uh, that, too, is also going to be a great time for everybody. Lots of good pool going on. And, uh, yeah. Lots of great pool to choose from. So pick a sponsor or pick your favorite streamer, pick your favorite player, and get in on the action, you know? You don't want to miss out on this. And speaking of missing out, I, want, I wouldn't want you to miss out on the fact that uh, the Junior Nationals just, just took place as well, too. And uh, we had two talented players took the titles in the men's, or I should say boys, you know, young men's, let's be nice, and the uh, young ladies divisions, 18 and under. You had Chris Robinson took the title for that. So congratulations goes out to Chris and the Minnesota Monster. <laughs> April Larson took the girls' title once again. This is like about four or five for her. She's uh, really coming up to the ranks. And uh, yeah, you know, she's a strong player. You guys should give her your support. Uh, whenever possible, give her a high five, pat on the back, let her know to keep up the good work. So uh, we're going to be talking to April in just a couple of minutes and, uh, you know, chew the fat a little bit and seeing what's going on with her. So uh, stick around and uh, we'll be up for that next. And then we got Mark Cantrell on the line. He's going to be talking with uh, Mr. Mike Page. He is the... Uh, you know, I guess you could call it the founder, creator, the uh, the maniac behind the new Fargo rate system. And uh, it's a new ranking system where uh, they've got, you know, a set of parameters to rank players of all kinds from all around the world. And if it all, you know, works out like it's supposed to, this will really uh, make it a lot clearer the dividing line between, you know, who's a pro and who's an amateur and who plays well and who doesn't. So uh, there's some real potential here. So Mark's going to get the lowdown from him 
about uh, you know how that all kind of works so that you guys can get a better understanding of the Fargo rate system. So stick around for that, and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back, everybody. I am talking with, uh, uh, wow, the monster from Minnesota, <laughs> Miss Miss April Larson, who's uh, just uh, taken down the field there at uh, the Junior Nationals again, once again this year. How you doing, April? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Doing good. It's summertime, so it's my favorite time of the year. How's the uh, how's the weather been up there? Um, pretty good. It's actually pretty warm this summer. I'm sh- I'm shocked. No, <laughs> oh, that's true. I mean, you know, you guys are. It's pretty far north up there, so you know, it's uh, wow. I don't uh, <laughs> I don't envy you guys with all the snow and all that. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> I don't even like it here. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to ramble on there. It um, so you were on the team. Uh, let's go back in time a little bit. You were on the team for the Atlantic Challenge Cup, and uh, you guys did not take the title on that one. That was kind of a bummer. But you got did you did pretty well uh, overall. Was not you know that bad of a showing, and you actually had some pretty awesome matches yourself um, at a, at a pivotal moment there towards the end. Uh, you got a couple of wins uh, to your belt, so. So congratulations for that. How was your uh, how was your trip over there overall? Have you ever been to that country before? Uh, well, thank you very much for the compliments. And um, no, I haven't. I I've been to Germany before, mm, okay. and we stayed. We went there like for a vacation mm, okay. in the city part of Germany, and then we went to a country town, I guess you could say, and that's where we played the tournament. And right. that scenery was just as beautiful as yeah. Austria. I mean, Austria is beautiful. Yeah. That's what I, I have been told I've never been there before, so um, I have that to look forward to. Did uh, I'm, this? It always makes me curious, you know, do you... I'm I'm a picky eater. Did you where you were able to find, like, good places to eat and stuff like that, you know? Or did you just eat at the hotel yeah. or what? You know, what I found really cool was that everybody there did everything as a team. Like, we did, we ate as a team. We, like, went wherever we went as a team. It was really cool. So, they had everything scheduled for where we were going to eat and stuff. Oh, okay. And, I mean, I'm, I'm, I love Italian food. So, that was my alley. Awesome. But everything's a little different. Yeah. You know, overseas. Everything's just a little bit different. And some, of the kids <laughs> didn't like it, and um, there were some things that I wasn't a big fan of, but right, I was yeah. hungry, so I ate it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta eat at some point. There. <laughs> what else? I saw that you guys you guys played, like, mini-golf against the other team or something? Oh, yeah, that was so much fun. So we, like, took a train ride. Um, I, I'm not sure where it was. It was to this lake that connected, like, Austria, Germany, and Switzerland all together, mm-hmm. and then we um, there's like a mini golf course right on the shore or like right on the 
side of the of the lake. Right. And um, we, it's shocking because the Europeans, some of them had never ever picked up a golf club in their life. Oh, really? And they had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty funny. So at least you got to beat them once, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just really fun to like bond with them a little bit before yeah. the tournament started. Yeah, no, that's cool. I think that uh, you know, maybe the uh, the grown up Moscone team needs to go play some miniature golf together. You know what I mean? That would be that would be all right. <laughs> That would be awesome to see. <laughs> <laughs> it would though. That would be really funny to have them do that. You know, or. Uh, you know, what's his name? One of our co-hosts on the show, uh, Mark Cantrell, he he has even suggested a cook-off, you know, where they get together and, and uh, cook stuff for some kind of, like a chili contest or something. So, you know. That would be so funny. Yeah, oh, my god! I know, right? It really would, though, because, you know, you got to see a part of people other than the serious face when they're at the table, you know. Sometimes it's exactly it's cool to do some relax and stuff like that so well that's good so you had a great time uh you know i also read that uh it was like hot in the in the room where the tv or where the where the matches were being played because there was a heat wave going on at the time was is that true was it really hot in the room yeah it was um i think they said it got up to like 95 degrees outside yeah and then um, because we were, when we were in the arena, there were, there were people and there were, the biggest thing were the TVs yeah. emitting like probably another 15, 20 degrees onto right, that right, exactly. area. And so they had fans and stuff, but it, it just didn't really help that much because the fans weren't close to the players until the last day. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, we we thought it'd be most important for the people who need to be cool are the players, you know. So yeah. even though the fans came to support, you know, like, and the teammates are sitting on the sides, the most important people in our opinions <laughs> were yeah. the players at the yeah, time. Yeah, I agree with that. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah, they finally, they finally put fans under the table facing the players the last day. So that was nice. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine so. There's that's yeah, wow. You got enough pressure on you as it is already, you know, besides sweating all over yourself right. and everything else. So no, that's good. And you know, heat and pool don't really go well together, you know, if your hands are sweaty and stuff, that's that's not good. Well, right. And it was weird because the Europeans like totally were fine. Like none of them they might have started sweating like once or twice, but they looked just fine in the environment because they're used to it, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. Right. Exactly. Well, plus yeah. you're, you're from the great white North up there. So the heat is probably not good on you anyway, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from Texas. So the heat doesn't bother me. It is matter of fact, mm -hmm. And the you know up in Chicago, it gets you know into the 80s and close to 90, and people start freaking out about you know how hot it is. And I'm like, yeah, no, it's not that hot. Sorry, it's <laughs> yeah, right. it's really not. You, I mean, I understand you guys are not used to it, but it's in the big picture. You know, you think about you know Austin or Phoenix or something, and that's where it's hot. You know, it's not it's not that hot. Sure. But anyway, um, 
de- weather discussions. That's pretty funny. Um, so, did you play in any other the any was there any other major events in between then and the and the junior nationals that finished up? Um, yeah, so we went out to Vegas about a week and a half before junior nationals, mm-hmm. and I played in the BCA nationals. Oh, okay. Out there. Oh, you know what? Yeah. I, I, that's true, and I thought, well, um, what's his face? Uh, well, did you play in the in the opens, the eight ball and ten ball opens? I did not know. Okay, but I watched a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, well, I think it was Nick and Drake were both out there playing in them too. Yeah, yeah, they did I, awesome. I saw them. I was actually I had uh, my friend giving me reports on how well they did because I was gonna. I was hoping that they got further than they did, but you know that's a. It was a pretty tough field, so I can understand. You know, that's uh, it's not easy, right. not easy to do when you're competing against like Appleton and Thorsten Holman. You know, what I mean, that's uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, you did that, and now you were you played in a BCA league. Is that why you were on that, played the nationals? Yeah. Yep. We uh, played okay. in a BCA sanctioned league up here. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Did you stay there the, the, in Vegas the whole time, or did you go back home in between? Uh, we stayed the whole time. <laughs> oh, so April Larson was partying in Vegas for two weeks, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was probably the opposite of the, what I was doing the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping in her room in Vegas there. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Well, it is hot out there, too, man. Wow. It, it, Vegas is not a joke. It gets really hot out there too. That's that's not, yeah. Well, plus they don't let you in the casinos anyway, do they? No, I mean, if there's, I mean, for the BEF Junior Nationals, they had like a junior tournament going on, so they kind of were lenient on that one. Yeah, just because like it's a junior tournament, you can't help yeah. the kids walking through the casino, you know? Right. But um. The Rio was a little more strict, not too bad. Like, we didn't get stopped ever, so that was pretty cool. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I last year I got stopped quite a bit in the Rio, so... <laughs> Uh, no, I've been yeah. I've been to the Rio. It's a it's a crazy place. I like it. It's you know it's off the strip, which is kind of you know a pain or whatever. But but it's a pretty cool place. I like that. Uh, I like that. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm understanding that you played junior nationals this year in the 18 and under category, and you just swept the hell out of the field. You went undefeated, really. <laughs> I, I did go undefeated, undefeated, but it was a struggle. Wow, man! I um, um, now how many times, how many titles for junior nationals is this for you? Uh, this is my fourth time. Ooh, wow! Look, you're a movie, you're a movie star over here. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah. uh, so undefeated. How many games? How many matches does that does that equate to? Do you remember? Um, I'm sorry, what? How many matches does that equate to? Do you remember off the top of your head? Um, I think it was about five or six. Okay. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, do you remember off the top of your head the total field? The How many total? Um, 
16 players. 16 players. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And we're, and now you were playing just in the girls 18 and under, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Gotcha. And just so we can give a shout out uh, to Chris, uh, Chris Robinson took the, uh, the boys 18 and under title. And I think that was his first was his first title at all, right? Or am I? Or w- you probably wouldn't know that, I guess. So, so props to well, Chris I, for I, his I only too. know for junior nationals. It is. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah, right. Right. Okay. You know that. That's cool. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Props to both of you for uh, for winning in your respective uh, things there. So you got to be running. You, you got to be running out of space on your shelf for trophies at this point, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not even close. Oh, uh, that's funny. All right. So what what comes next? Um. Honestly, there's not a whole lot until November, which is China. Yeah. Yeah. And then. So you you got yeah. you earned your way to that though. You are going to the uh, the world nine ball then, or the yes, the, yep. ju- the I'm junior world this nine year. Ball. I can do something. Okay. <laughs> well, good, good. I mean, I hope you do. You're uh, sort of oh, thank you. on a roll here, you know, with your, uh, you know, taking all these, taking all these people to to the cleaners, you know. <laughs> I'm still, I, well, I still want a Team Larson shirt, so I, we got to figure out how to make that happen, you know. We're, I'm I'm going to brainstorm. Yeah. we got to get you some Team Larson shirts that uh, I still think that's a great idea. Thank you. Uh, that would be super cool. Yeah, really, seriously. You know, we can, you know, run commercials for you on the radio and stuff and make you, uh, you know, we can make you famous. Um <laughs> Uh, you got to take an international one, though. You know what I mean. We gotta, you gotta, you know, rah, bring one home for USA when you go to 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 China, and uh, oh yeah, that's I'm I'm hoping. You know, we need some juniors to compete on the world stage, and uh, you know, you're you're a pretty mm-hmm. good you're a pretty good candidate at this point. Um, are oh, you, thank you? Do you know what the criteria is for the Atlantic Cup? Next year, do you know if if it's going to be sort of the same where they submit uh, their you know top five and then they sort of pick, or is it going to be a ranking based on um, like your record? You know, to be honest, I haven't heard yet, but um, I think what happened last year was a pretty good system. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm guessing it'll be somewhat like that. They might do like. Since it was such short notice last, you know, last year, yeah, that yeah. three months in between or whatever, they had a month to really do everything. Um, I, I'm hoping this year they can really get deep interviews with people, really see their sure. like everything, like how how much it really, really means to them. You know, right, right. This is true. Yeah. Well, that would be you know another layer that would be good. You know, to just, mm-hmm. and, and it's not a you know, I and I'm not. That's not to say it should be um, personal per se or political, but anything that right. they, anything that they can do, you know, to um, to improve the selection process, obviously is better for you know for the team as a, yeah. you know as the team. So uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, do, do you have you heard anything about the location where they've where it's going to be next year? I heard it was in Chicago. Is, I, I, is what I've right. been hearing. I so. think I heard that too, and I I I hope it is because you know I'm mm-hmm. in Chicago, and that <laughs> and I won't have to travel very far to be able to see that. So that would be pretty awesome for me, anyway. Uh, and you're not far right. from Chicago, so it would be just a hop and a skip and a jump there for a couple of us. So that's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think. Um, Oh, did I read that uh, they were going to have it, like, in association with the BCA trade? Or was... No, that must have been the Junior Nationals for next year or something. I don't know. I think I got my... Yeah, I think think it will be the Junior Nationals piggybacking. Okay, maybe that's um, it. Atlantic Challenge Cup. You may be right about that. I think that's what I had heard, but I'll, uh, I'll wait for that that information to become official before I start uh, getting excited about it. But either way, (laughs) you know, best of luck to you. I hope that you make the team again uh, this next or this coming year, I should say. And uh, like I said, you got, uh, you got some nice notches in the belt, you know, so you'll definitely be in the running for sure. And uh, thank you very much. I think we're probably going to lose a couple of the guys from from this past year, right? Isn't uh, isn't the general going to be too old, or no? Yep, both Nick and um, Drake are too old. Are going to be too old, right? Yeah. Okay, so we got to groom his little brother. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> gotta, for sure. Got to get his little brother up there, so uh, that'll work. All right. Well, I don't want to put anybody to sleep. And uh, and I'm sure you got better things to do than to yap on the phone. So I'm gonna let you go. And <laughs> thanks for taking the time. Okay, thanks. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And uh, uh, best of luck in China. I, I and I mean that sincerely. I hope you guys do really good. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Hey, not a problem. Take care, and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs> Welcome back to American Billion Radio. This is the Legends and Champions Report. I am Mark Cantrell. This show is brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinet of Mesa, Arizona. And uh, it's been a busy week with the trade show. There's been a lot of things going on. and uh, The World uh, Pool Masters is on. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things happening. Uh, and one of the things is, you know, I work on the forums. Uh, there's a Fargo rating. There's been a couple of different things, uh, threads on there, questioning how it works, uh, what it's about, why it's there, those kind of things. And so I decided to call up to Mike Page at uh, Fargo Billiards, and I've got him on the line with us. Hopefully we can uh, get some answers about this and clarify what the whole Fargo system, rate system is. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing very well, thank you. All right. So I know you were on vacation. I don't know how much of the internet you were uh, you saw, but I'll, I'll jump. I'll jump right in with one of the uh, first threads I saw about the Fargo rating system. Uh, well, first of all, who, who came up with the Fargo rating system? Well, it's 
it's something that that I have developed uh, based upon work by that others have done in the past. So people in chess use somewhat of a similar rating system, and Bob Jewett did kind of a precursor to the Fargo rating system, uh, and also Ron Shepard in, in Chicago. Uh, but it's basically something that, that I brought to uh, pool in a big way, and I'm working with a software developer named Steve Ernst. Okay. Um, so... The first, one of the first things I saw about this was uh, the calculations had being done. I believe you actually made the threat, uh, Johnny Archer, number two in the United States. Yes, that's right. And, and that caused a couple of people to go, what? And, and, and to be honest, including Johnny Archer. So I spoke to him about it, and I said, yeah, I'm looking at this Fargo rate and saying, you're number two. He said, I'm not number two. I can't be number two, can I? How can, I, how can I be number two? I said, I don't know, but I looked at it a different way as well and said, uh, I was talking to uh, Mike Howerton, actually, and I said, uh, okay, we've got Shane at number one. How can Johnny be number two? Uh, unless you can't think of anybody else in America who you would bet all your money against playing it. So how did Archie get to number two? And how do, how is that calculated? Well, well, the the first thing that I want to point out is we, when we make a list, a, a ranking list or something, you know, we tend to think of number two as being a long way from number six and 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 so forth. Um, but actually, the way the way we see it, uh, Shane Van Boning has a Fargo rating of 824. He is far and away number one, and then you've got a cluster of people. Uh, that Johnny Archer just happens to be at the top of, Johnny Archer, Mike DeShane, Rodney Morris, Justin Bergman, uh, and, and so forth, uh, that are really not rated very far from one another. In other words, uh, you would, you know, if you put them in the box together, you know, we'd be talking about one game uh, going to 13 or something like that. So they're, they're really rated very close to one another. But what has gone into these ratings is games that these, players have played against other pool players. Now, they don't have to be directly against uh, Johnny Archer doesn't have to have played Shane Van Boning, but maybe he played Niels Fyan who played Shane Van Boning. Or maybe he played Niels who played Dennis Orcolio who played Shane Van Boning and so forth. But all of that information is put together uh, in an optimum way to get the ratings of all the players. Okay. Now, I see, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I, I, I really, I'm not asking questions because I'm trying to get information that I think I know. I really don't know. But what is the relevance of Niels Fyan playing and Shane Van Boning got to do with Johnny Archer's rating? This I guess that, that's the calculation, the formula that is a, a conundrum to me. Well, in uh, so <clears throat> imagine you're in a pool room and and somebody new comes to town and and all you know is that they played your buddy last night and they played six sets and they split them and you know you beat your buddy so generally you feel confident that that you can play this new person that kind of reason now that's just qualitative reasoning and that's the kind of talk that people do but it's that sort of idea 
that that is going on here. Uh, if 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 I beat you and somebody else beats you by a bigger amount, then that person's probably a better player than I am. And, okay. and that that's what we're assuming. Okay. And the, and the calculations are based over what period of time. So I did see that as well. There was one that was I, I can't I, I could be wrong on this. One that was based over a decade, and one that was based over one year. That uh, they had Superman, Johnny Archer, or something. Um, okay, what time frame? So, so that's uh, we have data from from really any time frame whenever we've put it in, but I'll address that in, in a second. There was actually somebody on that thread who was uh, who was so uh, thought it so surprising to see Johnny Archer's name that said, "What did you put data from 1993 in there?" You know, and and uh, and no, we don't have any data that old. We have data for Johnny Archer from about 2007 or 2008 until now, uh, and we have a lot of data. Uh, and you and of course, you say, okay, Johnny Archer maybe played at a higher level in 2008 than he, than he plays now. Maybe that's true. What our data does, though, is that there is a decay in time of its value toward a player's rating. So a game that somebody played in 2012 is only worth half of that same game played today. And a game played in 2009 is only worth a quarter of that same game played today. So it does weight more recent games more highly. And in Johnny Archer's case in particular, what we did, and you, you mentioned briefly uh, Superman Archer and Batman Archer, so what we did was we ignored, all just for the purpose of people questioning the Johnny Archer thing, we ignored all games that Johnny Archer played prior to 2013. So we just took the last two years of games and pretended there was a player who only played those games. And what would that player be rated? And it turned out that per player would be rated exactly where Johnny Archer is. So this is not – so Johnny Archer's rating really is based upon games that, that he's played recently. And sure, he hasn't he hasn't won as many things as say Darren Appleton has, uh, but he he tends to he tends to do well when he loses. He tends to win a lot of games, and he tends to beat people pretty handily. And and put these things together, uh, he is a threat to to win at any time. Okay. Is so okay. I'm just trying to wrap my wrap my head around it. Um, now, who's who's eligible to like? First of all, these calculations. I'm guessing you got to manual input. This is a full time job, isn't it? You got to manual input all the information from every tournament that you know goes on, uh, and then the computer. The computer program does the math and figures it all out for you. Is that right? That, that's right. In fact, the the computer program people are accustomed to uh, storing things in the cloud. You know, when you're, you have your phone, people talk about storing things in the cloud. Well, you can also do computing in the cloud. So there's actually computers that are not on your desk or in front of you that that can compute things like this. So we have a bank of computers in the cloud. 
and a bank of computers to store this data. And, and yes, we have to get it in there, and if it's an important enough tournament, we'll do it manually. Uh, we also have some automatic ways to get uh, tournament data in there, and we're getting more and more ways to get uh, data in there. But this calculation is done every night. So you can, what you can imagine is that people are rated worldwide, and this isn't just professional level players. This is amateur level players, league level players, uh, uh, players at all levels all over the world, and new information is added every day from tournaments and leagues and, and whatever, and that calculation is done by this bank of computers every night. Wow. Yes. So how are you getting the information from, I, I, I don't want to say the BCA Pooley Tuesday night. Is, is that something that's there? Is that, is that something that you do numbers on? So we, we, are, we do not have most league data in there, but it's something that's coming down the line. So we are working with CSI, um, and so for the BCA Pool League, Going forward, anybody sanctioned with the BCA Pool League, which anybody can, can do, any league can do, or the USA Pool League, which is their match format uh, league, we are working on software that feeds the games directly into Fargo Ray. Uh, so, so going forward, BCA Pool League and USA Pool League players will have their data fed directly into Fargo Ray. So like the, the team captain will... And for N or something, or the, the the team captain will will be able to score on their phone and and it and it goes right in, or if they score on paper, I mean that that'll still be available. Then once once those uh, results are are put into the system by the league captain or or whatever, uh, then uh, then it'll go right into the Fargo races. Okay. Um, now, this is my last devil's advocate question uh, that I've, I've got is the um, World Pool Masters is getting ready to kick off, I think, tomorrow. Yeah. I'm guessing that's going to be one of the events that you're going to be watching and inputting your data. Yeah. Based on what you've said, based on what my half-vast knowledge is, does that not give those 16 players a huge advantage with the numbers simply because you're playing such high-caliber players? There's only 16 allowed in it. So if, um, who, who's out there? Well, Shane. No matter what happens, if Shane loses and he loses against Darren Appleton, he's still, that, that's not a, necessarily a bad thing as far as the points go, because you lost against this guy, right? But if you win against, you know, all you're doing is playing top-quality opponents. Does that skew the numbers for people who are not at the World Pool Masters? That, that, that's a good question, and the answer is no, it, it doesn't. In fact, you know, when, when Shane Van Boning plays anybody, whether it's Darren Appleton or me or you or anybody else, when he plays a certain number of games – there is an expectation for how many he's supposed to win based upon his rating and my rating or your rating or Darren's rating. If Shane falls short of that, his rating will go down. So if Shane 
beats Darren Appleton. So I'm looking, Shane is rated 824. Darren Appleton is rated 790. So these are both, you know, top 10 in the world. Uh, so there's about 35 points between them. What that 35 points means is that Shane is supposed to win five games for every four that Darren wins. So okay. in a race, to, so in a race to eight, uh, he's supposed to win eight to six, eight to seven, something like that. If if Shane wins, but wins eight to seven, Shane's rating will actually go down, not up. So if huh. he beats Darren, but he doesn't beat him by enough, his rating will go down. Okay, and Darren's will go up. And Darren's will go up. Okay. Um, okay, well, that, that answers that question. Uh, again, it's one of those, everybody's going to have to get used to this. I mean, if it's going to be, you know, the formula that's used. Um, what events are calculated into it? I know, is it everything? I mean, if I go play on uh, Tuesday night at Colby's Corner Pocket and we send the results in, am I now going to be on the, I'm going to have a rating? Or how do, how do I go about that? If I want a rating, how do I do it? Um so, as it turns out, we just actually got some, some data from Kobe's, from, from Kobe's events. Oh, you did? Okay. They're, they're not in yet. Uh, so, going forward, our hope, our, our, our plan is to develop mechanisms that data from every place can go in there efficiently. Um, right now, we have been focusing on We've been focusing on top players, so we've been focusing on getting the Euro Tour, the the CSI events, the U.S. Open events, uh, the the China Open, and you know the the bigger events, in part because they help to what we call couple players all around the world, and and it's that coupling that makes a 600 in Seattle mean exactly the same thing as a 600 in Oklahoma. Um, so moving forward now, we, we want to develop mechanisms to have smaller local regional tournaments feed their, their data in. So if you're looking at tournament flyers, you can look for a little symbol, a little logo that says Fargo rate enabled. If you see that, it means data from that tournament is, is going to go into the system. And we're working on software to make it easier to do that. Right. I was going to say, because somebody's got to do it. And if you've got a bracket, I don't know, even if you've got a 32-man field, somebody's got a, at the end of the tournament, somebody's got to go and input this information and give it to you. Right? Just through your website or something. Or or if they're, if they're using tournament software... Uh, we just have to make sure that instead of just saying, yes, Bill won this match, uh, they need to say Bill won this match and Steve got two so that we know Bill won five to two. And that information can automate, that software can be made to feed that information to us in the form we need it. Okay. Um, as far as like, so my next question would be is games used. What uh, you see, 
again, it's not a devil's advocate question, but I guess it kind of is. If Shane plays Scott Frost, 10 ball, we know who the favorite is. If Shane plays Scott Frost, uh, one pocket, it's a different game because Scott's more of a one pocket player. Um, what does that do to the, to the formula if, because different people play different games better, of course. Okay, well, first, we have elected at this point to not include one pocket. Okay. Um, and, and we do that for, for a couple of different reasons. One is that there's not nearly as much data available. Uh, two is uh, it would be better to be able to input the score of the one pocket game uh, and use the score information. But people play the score and play differently depending upon what the score is. So th that makes it a slightly different uh, uh, situation. So we've just decided to ignore it and, and not include it in, in the ratings. What we okay. do include is nine ball, ten ball, and eight ball games. And we include them whether they're played on a seven foot table or a nine foot table. But we add all of that information into our calculation. So when I, when I just say what somebody's Fargo rating is, it's a result of eight ball, nine ball, and ten ball games on seven foot or nine foot tables. Okay. Behind the scenes, though, we are able to do separate calculations. So we are able, we are able to, to look at ratings of people considering only eight-ball games on seven-foot tables or only rotation games on nine-foot tables and so forth. So, so we can see that. Uh, we haven't released that yet. One of the things we've learned, we've been looking at this kind of thing for a long time now, and we, and we do a lot of comparing of these things. One of the things that we learn is that the, the idea of bar box specialists, uh, you know, people who are national class or world class on a seven-foot table but, but can't really uh, uh, hold their own on a nine-foot table, that's more myth than reality. Uh, the people who do very well on a seven-foot table also do very well on, on a nine-foot table. Uh, it doesn't matter as much as people think it does. Okay. And as a player, what is the advantage of me having a higher Fargo rating? Um yeah, well, yeah. What, what, what is? Is there an advantage to having a higher rating, or does it? What does it actually do for me? I mean, can I play bad for a while against a few people and get that score down? Does that give me an advantage, or does it give me an advantage to have a higher score? And why? So that's an interesting question because people in the pool world are, uh, as we all know, accustomed to to either undervaluing their own skill or or at least purporting to undervalue their own skill. You know, you, you, you people like to be seen as that player kind of hiding in the weeds and, you know, and, and, uh, and so forth. Um, I think the reality is, though, uh, we all want respect, respect of our, of our peers and, and, and our own self-respect. And what we see, we've been running a similar uh, 
system, rating system around here in Fargo for five years now. And what we find is that every player that's rated 590 really, really, really wants to be a 600. And every player rated 490 wants to be a 500. And as long as people believe in the system, that that seems to be the case. Now, can can somebody intentionally, you know, go sign up for a tournament, intentionally go to and out uh, and get the rating to go down a little bit? Um, yes, they can. But what happens is because basically all of your games go into determining the rating, you have to pay money to get your rating to go down. So you pay an entry fee this week, and you get your rating to go down a little bit. You pay an entry fee next week, you get your rating to go down a little bit. Then you come alive at the monthly tournament, and now instead of playing two matches, you play eight matches, and you've completely wiped out what you've done and then, and then some. So even if somebody was inclined to do that, it's not a very strategic. It's not a very strategic thing. It's not like you have a rating system just for league or or that you can manipulate. Well, that takes it takes me back again, though, to why would why would you want to manipulate? Why would you, other than going back to other than bragging rights and saying, "Hey, I'm number one in the country based on the Fargo rating." Is there any other than that? Is there any other advantage to to it at this point? I know that there's probably things down the road that this can turn into, but as of right now, being not, being the top dog or being halfway in the middle of the pack, enforcing you know playing trying to play better to be the top or playing below your skill to be in the middle, is there any advantage to either one right now? You know that's that's not something that we Fargo rate are are addressing. I mean, our focus is is rating players, assessing performance, and and by doing that, we predict what your performance would be if you entered a tournament now, or if you played a match against a, you know a certain player. Um, our ratings are are meaningful and they're and they're universal, and so I can imagine. Down the road, there there will be lots of things. Whether it's uh, wh whether it's figuring out what uh, U.S. players go to the world events, uh, whether it's uh, contributing to uh, uh, selecting Moscone Cup uh, players, uh, whether whether a a pro tournament is limited to players above a certain rating. I mean, those are all things that I can imagine, but uh, but we're not. Well, yeah, that was that was going to be my next question. It's like, you know, why do we need it? And now we've got it. What are you going to do with it? Um, and those are things. So that would, in essence, uh, the BCA ranking list that we currently go from to say who is the number one, um, or has been the standard up until now, because there's really nothing else out there other than now the Fargo racer. Is that? Do you do you envision down the road this taking the place of the BCA ranking list, or even the WPA ranking list, if you're going to be out international? Sometimes, I mean, when you, when we look at a ranking list, whether it's the BCA or the WPA or or anybody else, um, you sort of have to ask the question of what is it you're trying to rank? What is, what are you trying to do? 
often in those ranking systems, a player uh, gets more credit if they play in more events. Um, you know, you might get a certain certain points for finishing high in events. So if you actually show up to all the events, you're more likely to be higher on on that ranking list, even though maybe you don't play better than somebody who only showed up to two events. Uh, cargo ratings is 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 actually predicting how people play, and it's not really addressing whether they showed up to a particular event or not. So so whether and and how it's appropriate to use the ratings in a ranking system or a ranking uh, scheme like that kind of depends upon what, what your goal is. And it could be that you could use Fargo ratings uh, but also have certain criteria for having played in a certain number of, of events that year or something. Right. Now, have you got more work to do on this? I, I would... Uh, just about everything. I've seen uh, that Obamacare website uh, that has got so many problems with it. You know, it's, it's been unbelievable. And I'm sure that happens. I bring that up because that's one of the most famous ones. But is there, are there still problems to iron out with the software? Do you anticipate? Or are you, are you ready to go as long as you can gather the information from as many places as possible? You're ready to just go full on. Well, there, there's there's kind of two answers to that question. On on the basic rating uh, calculation and and uh, and the optimization, we're completely ready to go, and we're going. Uh, on mechanisms to feed more data uh, into the system more efficiently, uh, we continue to work, and we're we're working hard on it, and more is coming. Um, you, we'll be seeing a uh, a phone app soon. Uh, for instance, so that people can get a a personalized view, uh, you know, look up their own ratings, see lists. They can they can put in their own name and a friend's name, and they can say, well, if we wanted to match up, what would be a fair uh, a fair matchup? Uh, they can put in a particular match, and they can say, if Shane Van Boning plays Darren Appleton, a race to eight, uh, what's the probability that Darren wins? Or they can put themselves in. And Shane Van Boning and ask what's the probability that that they win. Actually, you know what? That's uh, I like that part right there a lot because let's say you and me. I'm I'm going through Fargo. I'm going to stop off see Mike Page. I'm going to rob him for a couple of hundred bucks because he's everybody knows he's easy money, right? This is true. <laughs> and I'm going to get a game with him. How do we figure out the, what the game is? We're playing straight up now because I'm terrible. You're a good player. So what we do is we go to the app on my iPhone or whatever, and I can look up. We can look and see what our, a, a, a pretty good idea of what our game should be. That can solve a whole lot of problems. Uh, no, I, I agree. And, and, in fact, when, when people travel... Um, if, if you travel and you go into a strange room and people are kind of keeping their eye on you and kind of kind of looking, uh, if if you run out one table from the three ball and you kind of stay on the right side of the ball, uh, suddenly people are going to are, are are thinking that that you're a world beater, and and uh, and and they're and they're afraid. And and maybe you don't play that well because you just 
ran out of table, as you do sometimes. Right. And, uh, and so Some, sometimes. practical knowledge is, is helpful. Plus, right now, if you travel to, uh, let's say, Arizona, and and uh, and you go and enter a tournament, and it's a uh, an eight and under tournament, and they don't know whether to let you in. You're from out of state, and right. they don't let you in because they have to protect the house and 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 so forth. Well, maybe your rating is is such that you're a the equivalent of a low eight or a high seven or something, and they should be letting you in. And if they just had this available you'd be able to play. Right. So th- this, could, this could really make a lot of difference. Local tournaments, like say people traveling through uh, racing committees and things like that. I know I, I got, when I first moved to Arizona, I got, I didn't get into any trouble, but I went and played, you know, they decided to play the tournament and they said, well, you need a a racing, and I said, I don't got one. How do I get one? Oh, this guy over here, go play two wrecks with him or three wrecks with him. He's going to watch you play, and then you'll get it. He'll give you what he thinks you should be rated. So that's what I did. And I hadn't played in, in some time, and I was just trying to get back into it a little bit. And so, yeah, I think he, he gave me a, a, a six brain, something like that. And, and next thing I know, I'm in the semifinals. And they came over and said, well, we're going to have to change it up to an eight. Because, so now everybody's pissed off who I beat when I was a six. <laughs> and, 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 and that kind of thing. And now I'm pissed off because now I'm playing in the semifinal against somebody who can really play and I don't have the proper handicap, in my opinion. So, this, yeah, this, this could uh, change a lot of things like that. Absolutely. And I like I really like the one-on-one matching up, if you can do that, if you can get a bunch of people who are all playing together and, and doing and, and on board with this and inputting their information, and it's legit information, that's the only problem when you, you know, if you've got small-time people, I'm talking about the higher echelon, the small-time people who are saying, oh, yeah, we can use it for gambling if we want, and that's a good way for us to match up, then I'm just going to dump a whole bunch of Games, but like you said, they cost some money to dump and and get a lower rate. So I guess it's uh, I guess that's going to be something depending on what you're playing for. I guess uh, you know uh, that's going to make that difference as to what your rate is going to be. You know, from from that point of view. So so when you take a player who who plays uh, fairly regularly in tournaments or league or whatever, they're going to have several hundreds or thousands of, of games in the system. Um, if they go and, uh, you know, dump for half a league season or, you know, d- dump a couple uh, tournaments, it's not going to have the kind of influence that they want. Right. And, and, uh, uh, and it just doesn't, doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. Uh, you know, from that point of view, anybody can move to a new town and play left-handed or opposite-handed for a year and, and then come alive. Right. You, you're never going to be able to stop that. Right. Well, I uh, I, don't, I think that that's a, about all the information that I need. Uh, is there anything you think that I've missed or anything you think I should address or you should address? You know, I, I think... Uh, it, it, 
we put we have a couple of uh, little instructional or uh, introductory videos that people can watch. If you go to FargoRate.com, F-A-R-G-O-R-A-T-E, FargoRate.com, there's a couple of videos on there, and there's also some other information. And access to the, the phone app that I was talking about, uh, that access is going to be free to any BCA Pool League member, any uh, USA Pool League member, any CSI member of, of any sort, uh, and then, of course, people who are not, uh, you know, BCA pool league members or, or whatnot are going to want access, and that it will be offered for a small fee, a small annual fee, uh, to others as well. Okay, uh, that's it's, it's all good information. I appreciate it. Uh, it. It shed a little more light on it. Obviously, I'm not a computer guy, so I know there's formulas and calculations that you've spoke about that. I, I don't know. I don't think the average person is ever going to understand those. You know what goes into a formula that comes up with a calculation. Yeah, am I? You think I'm wrong on that? There's some people who are super smart who can do it, but there's people like me who are dumbasses, and all I can do is go, "Okay, I can kind. I can see how it works, but I don't know how. I can't understand the actual formula." Yeah, I I think the, the the best way. I mean, I, I think what people can understand and what and and what people can uh, can get comfortable with is that it is the rating difference that matters. The rating difference between two players. If two players are fifty points apart, say a six fifty and a six hundred, that means two games on the wire going to seven. If two okay. players are 100 points apart, that means that the higher-rated player wins twice as many games as the lower-rated player. So four games on the wire to eight would be the right spot for those two. Okay. And and so that, that association between rating difference and chance of winning individual games is, I think, what people can kind of develop some comfort uh, for. Mark, I was, well, just, I was just looking up to see if we have you uh, uh, rated, and we don't. You've only got 31 games in the system. I, I see you, you. This is back in 2007, World Summit of Pool. You lost 11-5 to Rob Saez, and lost 11-4 to Austin Murphy. Remember those matches? <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. Yeah, I do remember that. I remember losing against Austin Murphy because um, I think he was 12 years old at the time. <laughs> and uh, I, he's, uh, he, he was like the young whiz kid. I'm like, oh, great. I've got a 12-year-old. I've got to beat a 12-year-old. Now, I, there was so much pressure on me to, to beat the 12-year-old. Uh, I, I, I would rather have played Darren Appleton in the U.S. Open final than, <laughs> play, than played him. And then what, Rob Sayers. What was the score with Rob Sayers? Uh, 11 to 5. 11 to 5? Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's something wrong there. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to tell you what happened next. I've got to make excuses for all of this since you brought it up. Um, <laughs> we were tied 5 5. And I said, 
All right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go smoke a cigarette. Don't do me a favor. Don't put me on the clock because it really stressed that, you know, you, if you need to take a break, you've got five minutes and that's it. I, I just don't put me on the clock. So I'm going to go smoke. It's going to take me five minutes to get to the door where I've got to smoke at. And Rob said, oh, I'll come with you. So we went outside. We talked about our favorite car, our favorite car. Um, came back. I said, I'm going to get some water. He said, oh, get me one too. Five bucks a pop. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. So I got him, I got him one too. Took it over there. He broke and uh, ran out the rest of the set. <laughs> so that's what you that's what you're gonna do to me. That's what you do. I brought you water and everything. So anyways, um I really appreciate it. Um and I, how's the pool room going up there? It's going very well. We we've got uh uh fifty seven pool tables and uh and and we keep them busy on the on the weekend nights and, and we've got fifty pool league teams here and so it's it's a pretty happening place. Yeah, you've got good food and everything there from what I can gather. It's uh, one of the nicest pool rooms in the country. Well, it, it's, uh, you know, the uh, the one other thing that, that I that I did want to point out is is that uh, Fargo Rate is, is Steve Ernst and, and me, uh, but CSI is really driving the train on this. I mean, it's... it's uh, it's the vision of these guys, uh, Mark Griffin and Ozzie Reynolds. Uh, they see that uh, that a proper rating system that works worldwide is an important thing for for unifying pool and and bringing pool to the next level. And uh, and I think there's a lot of insight there, and and they really put their effort in the right direction. Yeah, well, they, I, I, I believe that there's a, there is a need for it, like golf and tennis and all kinds of, like you said, chess. Everybody has these uh, different ways to figure out stats and, you know, pools, you know, he's got what it's, he's got what it's got and it's been the same kind of method for a while. So hopefully it works out and it's, uh, and it grows, and it does well for everybody, and you know, in the sport, and it makes things fairer and better, so one way or another, you know. Uh, be a thankless job. I don't know how much money there is involved in doing something like this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it doesn't sound like there's a lot. It sounds like there's a lot of work, though. Well, fortunately, so, we, we have we have internet connections on our yachts, so we're we're in good shape. Oh, good, oh, fabulous! I, yeah, give me a call uh, one time. I'd like to stop by one of those. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much for your uh, time and the information, and I uh, I wish you the best of luck with everything that, that, that you're doing uh, with this, and obviously with your pool room. But uh, you know, uh, I'm sure we'll be kept upda- updated one way or another with the app and things like that. So uh, I do so appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, that was Mike Page from the Fargo. Uh, Fargo Billions and uh, the Fargo Rating give us information and hopefully it, it made sense um, you know there's always going to be questions uh, on, on things like this and I'm, I'm sure it seems like it's pretty accessible on uh, the Easy Billions forums uh, you know to, to get additional information and again there's the uh, tutorials that he spoke about on the website so um, that's it for this week 
And I look forward to talking to you again next week. This is Mark Cantrell, the Legends and Champions Report, brought to you by Neil's Garage Cabinets of Mesa, Arizona. Until next week, we'll see you then.